Welcome to this edition of Human Ears. My name is Dan Pierce, content strategist here at Big Wide Sky, and I am joined by... Eric Pradham. I'm Big Wide Sky's Chief Operating Officer, and today we are joined by... I'm Edie Salter. I am the Digital Marketing Manager at Big Wide Sky. Welcome, Edie. It is so amazing to have you. We are just going to have so, so much fun. We are going to have some laughs. We are going to talk about some clients, but in more broader sense, like uh, the solutions we provide and the things we do here at Big Wide Sky and the, all of the digital content stuff, you know, that the three of us and the rest of our team have been doing uh, for a variety of clients ever since I started, you know. It's, it's cool to have you here. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, speaking of like the the clients and stuff like that, and what we do at Big Wide Sky, I I was thinking about this recently, where I was like, you know, we we spend so much time uh, talking about making businesses more human, seeking to make businesses more human, but the humanity that we offer these businesses and. It, it comes from the experiences that we provide and that's largely shaped shaping rather what we do for our clients, you know, large aspects of those solutions, whether it's digital strategies or content strategies or uh, all sorts of different stuff that is shaped by our humanity and what we're bringing to the table as individuals, as a part of this greater team. And, you know, with, human ears uh, in particular it's it's us allowing it's a platform for us to preach what we're practicing uh i thought it was really like a, a cool sentiment that you know we we talk about this a lot on the website with our with our values and with our goals and for what we want to do for our clients but this gives us an opportunity to kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit on the individuals and the culture that really shape those solutions uh at big wide sky you know what do you guys think about that as sort of a concept uh eric kind of kick us off yeah so i do think that when you talk about making business more human or anything of that nature that uh, it helps to unpack that a bit because it can certainly mean several different things. And, uh, it's probably broad enough that you can apply your more human approach in many different ways. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I think about most often is that when I started at Big Wide Sky, one of the things that Elliot talked about was that uh, historically business has optimized for efficiency and not for value creation. And one of the aspects of organizations that is uniquely skilled to creating value is human beings because humans can uh, imagine a future that might be different than the present. And uh, human beings can imagine creative solutions, whereas, you know, a process or a machine uh, or, or, or whatever it is, this not any other non-human factor of a business can certainly optimize what exists and can certainly take pre-existing factors and tweak them, shorten them, make them better, whatever it is. 
but it really takes the people that make up your business to, uh, to develop new value or new opportunities or new insights that go above and beyond just the data that can be, you know, seen on a screen or, or on a piece of paper or on a, a Gantt chart or what have you. Um, Edie, you're, you're joining us here today. So, uh, and you've been at Big Wide Sky for, gosh, almost three years. So I'd be interested to get your take. Yeah, um, I, I think just kind of piggybacking on that, one of the most valuable things that Big Wide Sky provides that other companies don't necessarily think of uh, would be the foresight uh, that we do with our clients when it comes to some of the projects that we do. Um, there have been plenty of times where a client comes to us asking for something very, very specific that has nothing to do with what they actually need. And while we're obviously happy to provide a website or provide ads, um, sometimes it's, it's nice to be able to take a step back and walk through the deeper needs with them. Uh, so that way they're getting entire campaign strategies that align with where they're trying to get to. Hopefully that answered your question. Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you totally did. I, I, I think about those sort of solutions a lot where there are larger problems that sometimes are staring us in the face that we don't often see. Like there are experiences that we know based on who we are as people and the culture that we've been a part of that help us to identify the greater situation that we are, we're facing with the, that particular client. Um, I, I think it's interesting, especially coming from our particular backgrounds where, you know, with digital strategy, uh, digital marketing, email campaigning, social media content, it, it's all sort of rungs on the same ladder, but that ladder can lead them, you know, all the way up, but it can also bring them all the way down if done incorrectly. But luckily with our experience and our backgrounds, we are able to take them to greater heights on a level that allows them to see it, you know, because a lot of times we'll offer these organizational and cultural changes to clients that they, that benefit their business and ensure long-term growth, but sometimes they can't see it right away. Like the, the change that is happening isn't always tangible and seen with their own eyes right away. It is, it is part of a greater, uh, growth and empowerment for their company, for their, uh, employees, the organization as a whole. So Edie, one of the things that I was curious about is you've been with big white sky for just under three years, right? And I assume when you came in that you had, you had your own assumptions about what this human business or more human thing was, and you've had some exposure to it now, uh, but you do work in digital marketing. So I assume you're also, uh, and I, I know actually that you're not typically going out there and running workshops on culture or whatever else. So in your time at Big Wide Sky, what has been uh, your exposure to 
the, the, the human aspects of the work that we do and how has your uh, perception of that work changed from when you were interviewing up until now? I, I actually really like that question. Um, when I first started, I didn't entirely know. I, I didn't understand what being more human, be more human meant. Uh, that's like one of the, the catchphrases of Big Wise Guy. And I, I wasn't, insu- I wasn't sure what all that entailed. Um, and something really nice about Big Wise Guy is that when I first started, I was allowed to sit in on some of those sessions that were being done with clients, even if it was, um, it was outside of my scope of work. But if I was just there to like take some notes during the session and kind of get that exposure, um, it was really nice to kind of help clarify the work that we do and how valuable it is, uh, especially before we start our projects. Um, I wasn't sure if you had any like specific questions about like some of the foresight labs or anything that I've been in, but uh, yeah, I just, I enjoyed being able to do those things when I first started. Well, so uh, you know, a lot of businesses will say things like, you know, uh, our people are the most valuable part of our business or they're what make us unique or whatever else. But then um, even if the intention is to, in one manner or another, put the people first, um, you know, at the end of the day, you have to make money. Even if you're a nonprofit, your books mm-hmm. have to balance all of that stuff. Um, but then even going beyond that, sorry, so uh, to go with that first point, as a result, there are many ways in which uh, decisions can get made that don't feel like they are putting the humans first. Um, and you know that's probably, depending on your perspective, actually okay, because if... Uh, if revenue's not looking right, if there's a market change, if, if, if whatever it is, uh, and you have to, I don't know, let some people go because um, you, or, or you have to reorient your staff or whatever it is in order to have the most effective business, have the most effective group of humans to do the work that you do. Perhaps that's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm making up a scenario. So the, the, the details here would ultimately be important, but um, you know, some of the work that Big Wide Sky does really kind of infuses uh, the thinking that then informs the the campaigns or the strategies that you ended up working on. So um, I know that, you know, you don't have a lot of other things to compare what we do at Big Wide Sky to, but when you were interviewing or when you first started, uh, could you characterize what you thought of as, you know, uh, being human centered or more human or a human business or whatever it is, uh, versus how you think of that or those things now? When I first started, I, I feel like being more human, like in my mind during the interview process, I, my assumption was that it 
only meant uh, that I was going to be valued as a person in my work, which is something that Big Wide Sky, obviously, I'm, I'm here three years later, they have clearly done that. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that I noticed, pr- like pretty immediately in my time here was how much the clients are affected by that as well. Um, so the clients are, I, I mean, part of being human is treating our clients like humans and not just um, a cash cow. And so if we are asked to do something, obviously we will tell them we're happy to do it, but at the end of the day, we're going to give recommendations that are better for their businesses and for them and not just what's going to necessarily make us money, um, which is something that I really appreciate about Big Wide Sky. Like we're not, we're not here to waste people's time. We're not here to waste people's money. And we genuinely want to make the businesses better. Um, and I think that's something anybody could appreciate, but it was one of the very clear differences between Big Wide Sky and some of the other companies that I've worked for. Um, yeah, I, I go for it, Dan. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I completely agree. I think, you know, jumping on board, uh, about a year ago and some change um i noticed how much big wide sky looks at its clients as a group of individuals that make up an organization and uh, a culture of those individuals as well as looking at their own organization as a culture of individuals that can be recognized for who they are um, you know, I've I've worked at companies uh, where I have been recognized for hard work. I've been working at companies where my hard work was not not viewed. You know, it, it does happen. Um, you know, you work a holidays, weekends, Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever the case may be. You're not going to see it. You know, Wait, you're going to get. I can ask you to work holidays, weekends, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I have been making like major errors here, Dan. Yeah, yeah. As long as you leave like a crock pot of like fermented hot cheese in in yeah in a break room, Dan just let it slip. I know what makes him tick. Yeah, and people are left with cheese. like, oh man, there's a crock pot of fermented cheese and stale donuts from 10 a.m. this morning, and it's 10 p.m. at this point. Uh, it wasn't good. It was a bad, like, were you that's dipping the, the donuts type. in the cheese? No, no, there were supposed to be <laughs> pretzels, but they ran out of pretzels. So then we're just left with the donuts, some loose crackers and bags of chips. Like, what do you do with that? Like, you know, you're not taking into account the hard work that comes into the people that are working from five to midnight, and suddenly you wonder why you're losing people. You wonder why the company culture is going so poorly. You wonder why their quality of work is lowering. Th- these are problems that we solve here at Big Wide Sky, but it these are problems that at other companies, you know, oh well. Oh, well, there always will be like new people in the industry that will solve the need for, you know, filling that check mark that, oh, I have X number of employees and that'll be that. It is what it is. Um, You know, it's something that I really appreciated at Big Wide Sky being valued at that level. Um, 
no FYI, this was a couple companies ago, so it's not like a recent company. But still, like, it, there's a lot of crazy stories where it's like, ugh. You know what? I just worked until midnight. I had to deal with this. You know, I had some like. But you know, I'll tell you, Dan. Sorry, go ahead. What one of my favorite pastimes is just eating. To be honest with you, so if I, I probably would have. Well, I don't know about the fermented cheese part, but the, <laughs> those donuts would have to be multiple days old before I would turn them down. So they mm-hmm. they might have kept me the, on the hamster wheel for that. They. They used the donuts used to make me so angry that our our office was like a block away from a Walmart and I would walk in I would go during a break to that Walmart I would buy two dozen donuts as like a 23 year old being like this is just not going to suffice for anybody and then I would just like go to town there is two dozen donuts like this is for the people that will be here tonight um, the only times that like mm. we were really viewed in like a, a higher end were like um, working a oh gosh oh an election elections they always were like pizza party and then because they knew that we would be there until two a.m. Yeah. yeah, I worked about six elections. It's not it's not pleasant, but you know it is what it is. Sorry, I, I, I derailed things with well, elections, so, donuts, and pizza parties. Go ahead. The- I, I think you... Oh, sorry. No, go for it. I was going to say, I think you bring up a really good point, though. Like, you can't fix company culture with a pizza party. That is not... That's, that little band-aid is not the thing that's just going to, like, heal something that's, like, entirely wrong with an organization. I'll tell you, though. Absolutely. So, you... Uh, you all know I came from the West Coast, so uh, I've been in St. Louis now for about three years. Um, in uh, in Portland, Oregon, there is a donut shop called Voodoo Donut. Um, mm. They uh, they they have bumper stickers and all this that say things like uh, "I went to Portland and got VD," um, and the this place they. Oh, <laughs> They do, um, uh, you know, early in the morning. I don't, I don't recall if this is every day or what it is, but uh, they, uh, you can go there and you can get buckets of donuts. Like if you've ever seen buckets of icing, they're like I don't know, five gallon buckets or something. Um, that you know, when you're when you run a bakery or something, they buy bulk uh, icing and or frosting or whatever it is. Well, this place they have those buckets. And they will fill the buckets with day-old donuts, and you can buy, you know, like a five-gallon bucket or whatever it is, for I don't remember, like twenty bucks or something. Um, and I think I've I've bought that once, and it's a lot of donuts. And Dan, they may be day-old, but you know, if you like, if I suppose if you want your employees to work until two a.m. and get heart disease, it's a great, you know, the the. The donuts are a good choice. No, no. on a serious note, though, I'm curious. Um, Edie, uh, one of the things that you said was uh, you you had the sense that you would be valued as a person or as a human being. Um, and while I'm sure that 
to some to one extent or another or or at some level within most human beings you know you want to be valued for who you are um i'm curious if there's anything about your background education family upbringing whatever it is that might uh draw you to a company that puts a little bit more emphasis on people than on i don't know growth revenue process whatever mm -hmm. it is yeah um i have worked for some really amazing companies where i had really good friends at work and i've also worked for some not so great companies where okay name names. i was just a number <laughs> Right. <laughs> here they are. <laughs> and here are the years that I worked there, Tech LinkedIn. Um, and there, no, there are just some places where I was just a number and I was treated pretty poorly. Like I was treated like I was replaceable, which everybody's replaceable, but you don't necessarily want to be treated that way. Um, it's a lot easier to love an organization and want to stay when you're treated like you matter and you're valued. Um, and that, you aren't just a worker, you're a person with like full-fledged emotions and a life outside of work. And I think that's something that Big Wide Sky does a really good job of. Um, there have been times where I've been sick or had a family member who's um, having issues and I've been able to talk about it with our owners and um, get time off if I needed it or just like more emotional support than I think you would typically get from an organization, even if it's not necessarily for time off, just having somebody understand that things are happening outside of work. Um, I just, I, it's something that I deeply value and that I appreciate about Big Wise Guy. Absolutely. I also appreciate the, the humanity involved in, when it like when it rains it's our fault kind of thing where like sometimes people make mistakes like people people are human and there are situations where like i felt like i was going to like at other places i was going to be just having to dig myself out of a hole for longer periods of time and that's not the case here that's that's the opposite actually where like we want to take a look at, okay, what infrastructure allowed that, that, like, how can we do a better job to support you moving forward? And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. So Edie, what has your exposure been knowing that you're working on a lot of digital programs? Uh, you, you mentioned some of the futures, uh, foresight exercises, all of that, that you've seen, but what has your exposure been to how we, talk about clients or how we work with clients on issues like you know uh that like i said optimizing for value or um treating their people like they're actually a valuable resource what have you seen here how's it impacted your work anything of that nature i think that big white sky does a really good job of being straightforward with clients um and that sounds like it should be common sense, but I think we're really good at, um, I was going to try to find a better phrase for cutting out bullshit, but I, I feel like that does it. So I feel like we do a good job of 
cutting out the bullshit and just being very straightforward with clients and providing what they need instead of um, trying to come up with excuses or side projects that might not necessarily be effective, but would be profitable for us. Um, not entirely sure if I answered your question well enough. Yeah, but well, so that's what came to mind. Does this, uh, I'm curious, uh, as what you've been exposed to at work then impacted your personal life? Do you think about the world differently? Do you, you have several pets there, which we have not discussed yet, um, and could be, I'm sure, a valuable topic here. Um, but does, uh, the, the people that you know at work, the, the things that you've worked on, the way of thinking, has that impacted the way that you think about the world, the way that you work with people just generally outside of work, I'm saying? That's a good question. I, I feel like yes. Um, and I'm trying to come up with a specific example to like show how, but I think it's one of those things where I've, I've been here for three years and there's so much change that you do in even just three years that obviously I'm different. Obviously I've been impacted by the people that I'm around all the time. Um, I think working here has, I, I don't know if this is necessarily valuable work-wise, but I think it's definitely made me um, a more confident person and it's made it easier for me to rely on other people and trust the people that I work with um, to kind of like have my back and help me get stuff done, um, which is definitely something that I appreciate about Big Wide Sky. Uh, I've been kind of given a, a lot of opportunity to grow and prove how quickly I can learn something. And I just, there's a lot of opportunity here for, for honestly everyone. Like you, you're given so many opportunities to learn entirely new programs or learn something new for a project. Um, and, you know, not that everything's being done on the fly, like you're obviously you are incorporating old knowledge as well. But I think being able to have a growth mindset is something that's really important here. Um, and that's something that I really value. So obviously, I appreciate it. Uh, well, so a growth mindset, uh, then I mean, hopefully that would be important anywhere, right? Even perhaps in your personal life, depending on how you want to define this. But, um, you know, it the sounds like some of the things being valued for who you are um, and just now having a growth mindset, those uh, ideally are things that you would encounter anywhere and not just here. Yeah, I, I think... You would hope, but I, I've definitely worked for places where it's a lot easier for them to keep you in a box or mm -hmm. like, this is your job. This is what you're going to do. And we would love for you to just do this forever. Um, which can be, you know, really convenient for an organization, but really bad for the person to mm -hmm. be kind of stuck or like stagnant in, I don't know, just their, the way that they're learning. Um, something I said when I, when I graduated was that I never wanted to stop learning, um, which is super cheesy. It was something that uh, a professor had said, like, never stop learning, have a growth mindset. And it really stuck with me because I didn't want to ever feel like I was stuck. Um, I wanted to constantly be 
either learning something new or finding a new way. And I think that's something that Big White Sky has kind of given me the opportunity to do, which makes it easier so for me to be happy and to like. You, one of the things that you've talked about is uh, the, uh, being able to feel at, or sense, you know, how, how someone wants you to be, the thing that they want you to be. Uh, and so what I'm wondering about is you're running marketing programs for our clients. You're coming up with strategies. Um, is there, do, do you think that there's a different way that you approach, let's say, targeting ads or strategy for an email or an article or social media updates? Uh, is there a different way that you approach these things as a result of, uh, you know, being uh, in a business like ours? Um, you know, do, do you think that you're, you're able to run more human marketing campaigns or do you think that you're able to speak to the audience differently or target, treat them differently? Anything of that nature? I think there's a lot more investigative work that we do with clients up front um, that other companies might not necessarily do. They might kind of dictate to the client how something should be done. We're going to do it this way. And I, I think we're really good about at the beginning of programs, asking the right questions and making sure the client feels involved and comfortable the entire time. Um, because at the end of the day, the client knows their audience just as much, if not better than we do. We just have to find the right questions to ask them to get that information out of them. Um, and I, I think that's something that Big White Sky does a really good job of. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I also think that uh, it's also, there's like another level to this where sometimes getting the client to the comfort level of like, hey, Big White Sky's got this. Like, don't worry about it. But sometimes we're not always at that level with them where we're we're still asking those questions you know we're still wanting more information mm -hmm. we we still want more instruction just just to make sure that the client is satisfied because it, from my perspective and i think you guys would agree with me there are times when it's better to ask more for more information than to assume something and then get something wrong or something's not exactly correct like yeah, well, Agreed. there, you know, you can, there are a number of different ways to sell a product or a service, right? You know, you can uh, have a hammer and a hammer is good at doing just very few things, right? Um, or you can maybe have few or, or no hand tools like that, but perhaps you can sell figuring out whether or not you need to use a hammer or a shovel or a drill or whatever in the, uh, the circumstance that you're in. And, uh, and there are probably many other permutations here or alternatives that are not coming to mind. But uh, there are many businesses that have a hammer and they're going to sell carpentry or whatever it is really well. You know, uh, some of them, of course, don't sell that well. It just, you know, you have uh, you have a bell curve distribution of quality of work and cost and all of that uh, naturally. But uh, all things being equal, the people who work with the hammer are 
uh, hopefully going to do that thing reasonably well. Um, but there are times when, you know, when I've been in other organizations, somebody comes to you, this is a common example that I will give, and uh, somebody says, we need a new website. And after some discussion, um, some discovery, uh, we may think to ourselves, yeah, but a website is not actually going to solve the problem that you are facing. And hopefully in those scenarios, whatever organization you're a member of that, that is being approached for the website will say to the client or prospect, you know, we can give you a website, but that's not going to solve this challenge that you're encountering. Some people say that, some people don't. Um, but I do think that the, the business here at the very least, that we're uh, selling, diagnosing what the challenge is that you're facing and then what the prescription should be, rather than saying we just sell a very narrow set of, you know, is it a project that needs a hammer? Is it a project that needs a circular saw? Okay, it's not one of those, then we don't do it. I agree. Uh, one thing that I, I've always found interesting is there, there's a, just this thought, um, with, with all of that, that a company can just go to us and we flip a switch and suddenly their sales increase. And it, it, it it's a process like you were talking about, Eric, it's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that can happen in a week. It's, it's something where it requires the length of maybe a, a contract of a year or something like uh, to that extent where, or an ongoing situation where we, it requires ongoing maintenance, ongoing ideas, ongoing results, ongoing campaigning, articles, emails, whatever the case may be. And we're able to solve those problems, but it requires a, a certain amount of knowledge and experiences that we've built up over time. And I, I'm always very appreciative that we we surround ourselves with those professionals, with those freelancers, with with the team that is made up of Big Wide Sky. Um, so yeah. Um. So, this is probably neither here nor there, but Edie, I'm I'm wondering if you have picked up any new vocabulary in your time at Big Wide Sky. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So Dan, Edie, and I were in a meeting on Friday in which the words penumbra and ichthus were used. Um, now, if, if you're not familiar with ichthus beyond the Christian um, adoption of the term, because ichthus looks like a fish, um, so you get the whole like Jesus fish thing. Um, Ichthus is a uh, Greek shape, if I recall correctly, that is two arcs that sort of touch and make kind of this shape. Um, and that that term was used to describe uh, how you how we look at the future. But then uh, penumbra, um, if I recall correctly, is like the edge of illumination. I think. Um, so Edie. I'm putting you on the spot here, but any any uh, grand vocabulary uh, that that you've picked up? I I don't know if I've picked any of it up, but I know that Elliot is a walking dictionary, so it's constantly happening. Um, 
I'm sure I'm sure it's happened in the three years and I just haven't noticed Mm -hmm. picking it up but there's definitely like common phrases that uh big white sky has like individuals um Mm -hmm. and that's like one of my favorite things in meetings is to just like track how often people say their catchphrase uh, <laughs> oh, you have like a big white sky bingo or something? Catchphrase bingo? I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It keeps the meetings interesting. Yes, absolutely. The The center square one is someone brings up a TV show and Eric hasn't seen it. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, Naturally. Naturally. <laughs> there are. Uh... <laughs> we need to talk about this. Like, like me and Edie have been in meetings with you for over a year now and like TV shows will come and go and you'd be like, wait, what platform is that on? Why should I see this? You know, at the time that we're recording, the Oscars just occurred, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. I had no idea what anyone was talking about this morning. Um, And then when I picked up the uh, whole uh, Will Smith, Chris Rock meme thing, that something went on and it was on a stage and uh, I didn't know that it was at the Oscars. Uh, now, I'm not trying to brag about this by any means. It's just my life. Um, you know, uh, so I, it, it's interesting, actually, um, that you can find out about things now. So, like, you can see a meme and still, and, and sorry, actually, you can see a meme. You can learn about the source of that meme. And then still not get enough information to know that, for example, it occurred at the Oscars. Um, and yet, you've gotten enough information uh, to be able to utilize the thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, there's there's Wikipedia's for this. You know, Jennifer Lawrence falling down the stairs at the Oscars. Now we got Chris Rock and Will Smith at the Oscars. We have the shocked looks during the whole La La Land and uh, oh. <laughs> like these things. These things have like databases where people track the internet's culture. Um, Dan, now that you're mentioning that, um, I'm curious. Knowing that uh, you have been into some, uh, I'm not going to use the right terminology, but uh, Japanese-inspired TV shows, right? Um, Have you ever contributed to one of these fan wikis or whatever else for a TV show, for for kaiju or anything else? No. 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 I I figured with your writing background and your passion for some of these things that maybe you would have. No, I was, I was conducting a lot of the interview, like some of the interviews maybe that were Mm -hmm. like unearthing some new information that someone else might take and put into a a wiki or something like that. But you know, that's few and far between that's niche at best, but yeah, yeah, that was sort of my role in all that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, the, I, I will say for the listening audience's pleasure, I'm referencing some things that Dan is a fan of. Um, and right before we started recording, uh, I referenced being a Star Trek fan. Um, Edie, I think you were taking care of your little red alert alarm there because your cat, <laughs> Edie's cat, for anyone that has not heard it, Edie's cat sounds exactly like the red alert alarm, alarm Sorry, in Star Trek. 
Um, Edie's cat named Zuko after the character from Avatar The Last Airbender. Yep. And <clears throat> he really does sound like an alarm. He's obnoxious. Um, That's rough, buddy. And when you don't, when you don't go like turn the alarm off right away, he starts shoulder checking the door too. Like you can't hear him. Um, so he's an angel. <laughs> Perfect. Well, well so that's great. The, the, <laughs> to the point about TV, I guess I've, I have seen plenty of things, but um, you know, have you there? Well, there's there's a show called Bridgerton, which I heard about recently uh, because I think Dan is your wife a big fan of Bridgerton, or you are. We both bo- we both got into Bridgerton. Everyone's during- a big fan. Okay. Yeah, everyone ended up a big fan. It's set during like uh, sort of colonial England. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's about a family and the like high society that they're a part of. And the- see, and it's Netflix, right? Yes. Yeah, and I I don't have Netflix, which is fine. I mean, like it, it I don't really care if people have it or not. But I for for anyone that is not aware, I'm really cheap. So like thirteen dollars a month or whatever it would be is just that is a bridge too far, or a bridge or ten that's, too far. That's I guess. fair. I <laughs> you know what? There are platforms. A lot of them are raising their prices. You can go with HBO Max that is actually lowering their prices. Mm-hmm. That's something. Yeah. Well, I guess they're down to like ten a month. Then you can watch uh, the Matrix. What's it? What was it called? Reincarnation or whatever the latest one was. You can watch it as many times Some, as you want. Something like that. Right now, I'm on there. I'm watching Winning Time, which is the story of the Lakers dynasty. Lakers, right. with, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's highly uh, inaccurate, but it's highly entertaining. Also. <laughs> Well, highly recommend. I'll that tell one. you. Anyways, in the along the lines of uh, being uh, more human, I suppose mm-hmm. I do save the time that I might otherwise put into TV, and I read a lot of books. So uh, I know that's one thing that in Edie's time here we've uh, talked a lot about. Him, I was like, "You want to read this book? You want to?" And she's like, "No, stop pushing." <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I'm like, no, leave me, leave me to my fiction. You can read your business books. <laughs> so, uh, especially in my time at Big White Sky, I've gotten more interested than I was in things, uh, books about what, uh, what makes people tick and gr- groups and, you know, what, what makes groups act a certain way. So, um, you know, I don't know how long it'll take, but Edie, We'll get you there soon enough. I'm sure we will. Oh, yes. Anyways. Especially since Eric's uh, our, our running joke. I don't know if we can include this, but uh, our running joke for Eric is that he's uh, a born-to-be cult leader. So I, I'm sure he'll, <laughs> he'll get all of us to be reading these books eventually. Yeah, what is it? The uh, I'll have to look it up, but the acronym for uh, like the definition of a cult is bite. Uh, it stands for behavior. Something I think it might be intellectual uh, coercion, uh, threatening, and uh, and mm-hmm. then the environment. Or I can't remember something like that. So I'm working on all the of those. Threatening. Yeah. yeah. There you go. 
Problem he's solved. Got a half. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's got a commune. It's fine. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. The commune. Yeah. The commune. You know. There. There's bees. There's. You know. They're there. Uh, Edie he's was living almost, off the land, so that way he can. Edie almost. Yeah, died I bees, almost right? got bees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you Eric's a cult bees. leader, and it sounded so. Yeah, I did almost get bees. I, I, I wanted to get them, but I was so afraid of them dying that I, I didn't. I was like, that's a lot of lives to lose. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Not for and this now. brings us back to Bridgerton because this season is very much about bees. <laughs> Is, is it, it actually? The bees play like a critical yet. plot line is involving bees. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, well. I, Edie, thank you so so much for joining us. We we had so much fun. I feel like we answered like a whole bunch of questions. We went all sorts of fun places, <laughs> and we just we we had a good time. I agree. Thank you for joining us, Edie. Agreed. Yeah, thank, thank you, so you for having me. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if anyone has any questions or comments, they can email me at dan at bigwhitesky.com. Leave us comments, likes, shares, stumble upons, you know, whatever floats your boat. Um, thank you all for listening and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.